Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. In a dramatic military operation on Sunday night, February 11th, IDF Special Forces rescued two Israeli hostages, Fernando Marmon and Luis Har, who were dual nationals of Argentina and were being held in the city of Rafa. This is the second time since October 7th that the IDF conducted a successful rescue operation to free hostages, Baruch Hashem. According to an Israeli military spokesman, the hostages were discovered on the second floor of a building that was breached using explosives during the raid. The operation involved intense exchanges of gunfire with surrounding structures. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu called the operation, quote, among the most successful rescue operations in Israel's history. The joint operation by the Israel Police's elite Yamam Counterterrorism Unit, the Shin Bet Security Agency, and the IDF began at around 1 a.m. in Rafah when IDF forces breached the apartment where the hostages were being held using explosives. Utilizing intelligence, the IDF forces knew exactly where the hostages were being held in the apartment and they made entry using controlled explosive devices which killed the three terrorists guarding the hostages. They then burst in and grabbed the two hostages and protected them with their own bodies as they fought their way out under intense fire until they reached a safe zone. The IDF spokesperson's unit reported that 20 Hamas terrorists were apprehended within Al-Amal Hospital in Rafah without disrupting its operations. The search was conducted in collaboration with hospital staff and the forces meticulously searched the premises without resorting to gunfire or causing harm to patients or staff. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu affirmed that the Israeli military intends to proceed with its scheduled ground offensive in Rafah, asserting that an evacuation strategy is being formulated. U.S. President Joe Biden conveyed to Netanyahu on Sunday the necessity for a credible and feasible plan to ensure the safety and assistance of over one million individuals seeking refuge in Rafah before any military operation takes place. And the U.S. Ambassador of the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, emphasized that Israel, not Gaza's ruling body Hamas, but Israel holds a responsibility to safeguard civilians, stating that given the present circumstances, the proposed military intervention in the area cannot proceed. Israeli officials said the military is still working on its plans for invading Rafah and that they had not yet been presented to Netanyahu. Quote, the operation in Rafah will happen, said Minister Avi Dichter. It will begin and it will end, just like in other places, he said. In recent private conversations, including some with campaign donors, U.S. President Joe Biden has expressed frustration over his inability to influence Israel's military tactics in Gaza, stating that Netanyahu is listening, but then doing what he wants. However, it's important to note that the Israeli Prime Minister is not a dictator, and even went so far as to expand the government following the October 7th attack to include some of his most bitter rivals, creating a, quote, unity government, where all ministers have a voice and a vote. Netanyahu has so far, and continues to do, the will of the people of Israel, and what is in their best interest, not what is in the best interest of the U.S. and the rest of the world. U.S. President Joe Biden reportedly stated that he is actively working to secure a ceasefire agreement with Israel, but that Netanyahu has been a significant obstacle. Not Hamas, who has rejected every attainable ceasefire agreement put forth thus far. President Biden described the Israeli premier as being difficult to negotiate with, presumably since the latter refuses to be bullied by the doddering U.S. president. 
One individual familiar with Biden's comments noted that he feels strongly that the ongoing situation in Gaza needs to come to an end, expressing a sense of urgency in halting the conflict. Three senior members of the Hamas police in Rafah were reportedly killed in an airstrike on their vehicle in the Tel al-Sultan neighborhood west of Rafah. Those killed included the director of investigations Ahmed Eliakoubi, his deputy Iman Rantisi, and Ibrahim Shat. Eliakoubi held responsibility for the security arrangements for senior Hamas leaders and held a senior Hamas post, command post, in the Rafah district. The IDF Chief of Staff Herzi Alevi during a ground assessment in the Gaza Strip stated that the IDF is far from finishing the fighting in Khan Yunus. He acknowledged the progress made so far, including over 1,200 terrorists killed from ground operations there in the last month, as well as another 12 to 1,300 terrorists killed from airstrikes in Khan Yunus. Halevi also expressed a desire for, quote, more deceased commanders from Hamas in the upcoming operations. Israel continues to put the squeeze on Hamas and are systematically eliminating all command and control capabilities of Hamas. On Thursday, February 8th, the IDF announced the discovery of tunnels beneath the main headquarters of the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees in Gaza City, the UNRWA, alleging that Hamas utilized the space as an electrical supply room and a central command data center. This revelation marks the latest development in Israel's ongoing campaign against the embattled agency. Recent Israeli claims implicated a dozen staff members in a Hamas, in a Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th, resulting in a financial crisis for the agency and leading major donor states to suspend funding and initiate twin investigations. Additionally, Israel has frozen the agency's bank account and halted aid shipments and revoked tax benefits. UNRWA Commissioner Gen General Philippe Lazzarini stated that the agency was unaware of the underground facility's existence and called for an independent inquiry, which is currently unfeasible due to the ongoing conflict. The headquarters located on the western edge of, the of Gaza City has been significantly damaged. Israeli forces utilize a tactic involving overturning mounds of earth to create a crater-like hole leading to a small tunnel entrance. Inside, journalists observed a network of underground passageways estimated to stretch at least half a kilometer with numerous doors. Hamas has acknowledged constructing hundreds of kilometers of tunnels across Gaza, which Israel aims to destroy, alleging they are used for transporting fighters weapons and supplies. Lazzarini emphasized UNRWA's lack of military expertise and, ca and capacity to conduct inspections, stating that the agency conducted a regular quarterly inspection of the facility in September. Two more Israeli soldiers were killed during fighting in South Gaza's Khan Yunus on Sunday, February 11th, bringing the toll of slain, of slain troops in the ground offensive against Hamas to 229 Hashem Yikim Damam. Number two. Russian forces unleashed a barrage of 45 drones over Ukraine on Sunday, February 11th, in an assault lasting five and a half hours, officials reported, as Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky continued to reorganize his war cabinet amid the conflict's third year. According to the Ukrainian Air Force, 40 of the Iranian-made Shahed drones were successfully intercepted and shot down over nine different regions, including the outskirts of the, of the Ukrainian capital city, Kiev. The attack, spanning five and a half hours, specifically targeted agricultural facilities and coastal infrastructure, as detailed by officials from Ukraine's southern defense forces. 
They noted that in the Mykolaiv region, one person was injured, triggering a fire and causing damage to nearby residential buildings. Number three. The northern states of New York, Vermont, and New Hampshire have seen a record uptick in illegal border crossings in the last quarter, as more migrants are reportedly crossing into Canada to avoid detection. As more migrants swarm the southern border, increasing numbers have turned to the less fortified, more expansive U.S.-Canadian border, the New York Times noted, detailing how U.S. officials at the northern border have recorded 191,603 encounters with people crossing into the United States last year, a 41% increase from 2022. While most still use legal ports of entry in the north, more than 12,200 migrants were apprehended crossing illegally from Canada in 2023, a 241% uptick from the 3,578 arrested the previous year. Canada does not require travelers from Mexico to have a visa to enter the country. As a result, the New York Times report said that the a 295-mile strip of the border along those northeastern states, known, known as the Swanton Sector, has seen a tremendous increase. In related news, Denver Mayor Mike Johnston announced a decrease in city services on Friday, February 9th to help offset costs inflicted by the city's migrant crisis. The reduction includes cuts in the hours of operation for several Department of Motor Vehicle offices and the city's Parks and Recreation Services will reduce their spring programming by 25%. Community centers will also reduce the number of days they are open from 7 to 6. Johnston, a Democrat, said these changes do not involve layoffs for current employees, but hourly employees can expect fewer hours. On-call workers and seasonal workers will be most affected. Quote, this is a plan for sheared sacrifice, Johnston said in a news conference. This is what good people do in hard situations as you try to manage your way to serve all of your values. We want to continue to be a city that does not have women and children out on the street in tents in 20 degree weather. The mayor also claimed the cuts were not the last nor the hardest for the city. Denver has received more than 40,000 immigrants in the last year, including 4,000 that remain in the city's care. The city has spent a total of $46 million on the migrant crisis thus far, with the majority going to food and housing. But $5 million was spent on transportation to other liberal cities, such as Chicago and New York, which is seeing the bulk of the migrant crisis. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.